How you doing? So, when we last left our hero, <clears throat> I was on an online dating site, clicking interested on all sorts of profiles of horrific-looking women. By horrific, uh, I don't mean, uh, you know, listen to the pod, last podcast, if you haven't, but I'll give you a summary anyhow. By horrific, I don't just mean that they were, you know, overweight or they weren't classically good-looking. I mean, uh, they looked like they just got out of a woman's prison. Nope, actually, they looked like they were about to go into a woman's prison. <laughs> they looked uh, big and scary. Uh they had a crazed serial killer looks in their dark eyes, in, their, in the dark under the eyes, and a 2,000-yard stare, and the whole bit. And keep in mind, I live in Wisconsin, which, you know, it's even money you're going to run into a serial killer anyway, even if they don't look like one. So we got picture after picture of just women who are probably very, very dangerous. And big and scary and unpleasant looking. And I got a big laugh. Ah, I saw one that looked like, uh, what did I say? Tony Soprano in a wig. Ah, I took a screen capture. Sent it to my friend. Look, this is what's out there in my next room. It's, oh, brother. Ooh, ah, I giggled. Him and I giggled like a little 10-year-old. So then I took a couple more screen captures, right? And then uh, my brain figures out that, hey, you know what? The whole thing with these online dating sites is that... It keeps finding you more and more of what you want based on face recognition and all that, all, all that other fancy stuff. So if you start clicking interested on these scary ones, it'll stop showing you normal ones and only give you the scary ones. You, you train the algorithm, get it? And, and the 10-year-old... And me said, yeah, 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 that's a good idea. Interested, interested, interested. And sure enough, I kept getting scarier and scarier looking women. And I said, interested, interested, interested. And then I screen captured them and laughed and laughed and laughed. Hee, 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 hee. And then, uh, you know, uh, last podcast, towards the end there, I kind of figured out that, you know, I said I was interested in all these uh, scary, dangerous looking women. Now what? Because it sends them a little message. So now they're going to want to message me back. Now what do I do? Because these women, uh, according to this website, all live within a couple miles of my house. There's only two different grocery stores. <laughs> There's pretty good odds. I'm going to run into one of them, and they don't look too mentally effing stable. So just ignoring them, probably not a good option. Now what do I do? What, what am I going to do? Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, thinking, oh, what, what fun I'm having. Clickety click, 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 giggle, giggle, giggle. Ah, oh, what harm could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Here I am, anonymously clicking away. Clickety click, click, click. Yeah. It wasn't until all the fun and laughing, happy time was over that I realized uh, all these women know that I'm interested, or think I'm interested. All have my picture, uh, you know, and can easily find me on the internet. And furthermore, and know when I'm going to be out of town and where I'm going to be appearing publicly, thanks to the Internet. What do I do now when they message me? So here we are. Fast forward a week to right now. Here we are. And what am I looking at in my message box? What am I looking at? After, uh, huh? 
After messaging all these deranged, scary women, not thinking I might have to deal with this. What's in here? Nothing. Nothing. Not one. I didn't. Not one. No. It was a relief Monday and Tuesday and most and most of Wednesday. It was a relief. Oh, whew, I dodged a bullet on that one. About midway through Wednesday, then then I started thinking, oh, wait, wait, hey, wait a minute. I didn't even get a nibble. I didn't, I didn't even get a bite. I didn't even get a message or a wink or nothing. A, a, a poke or whatever the hell is on this thing. I, I, nothing. I click interested on like uh, like two dozen, two dozen women. And they, that's the point. They weren't even. They, they, that's my point. They weren't attractive. If they were really smoking hot, then I'd just be like, well, they probably got a full dance card. You know, they probably got their email box is probably full. If they do get to mine, they're probably, you know, I'm, you know, in the mix with 40, 50 other emails. 40, 50 other guys are interested in them. These women, there ain't nobody emailing them except the FBI, you know, to to check on a missing person (laughs) that, that they were the last one to be in contact with. So that was it. I, I got. I didn't get anything, man. <coughs> I don't even get a message back from someone who's probably just looking to murder someone. I, yeah, I'm not even good enough to. Not even good enough to murder. <laughs> it's gonna be. I mean, I'm. Oh, wow. It was a relief. Now it just stings. Cause like, what well, you know? Why well, I, I don't? I don't even write a message back. What's what's the deal? And I I was gonna get on here today, and then last week I made fun of the pictures. Today I was gonna get on here and make fun of uh, how people fill out their profiles. But now I guess I'll just keep my pie hole shut because I don't even I don't even rate a message back from a woman who looks like she just murdered a goat in some sort of satanic ritual. <sighs> Man, I mean, really? There's not you know, we couldn't get coffee or something just. Send me a message. Well, let's see if we're compatible, and then we'll get coffee, and then you know, she, you know, no, I didn't get nothing. I didn't even get a sniff. You know, I mean, as far as it goes, there ain't much of a investment, really, when it, when you're looking at me, because you know, my my quote unquote slim athletic build. I mean, that's not even going to take up much room in your freezer when you break it right down. You know, you just break me down to the nuts and bolts of me, you're, you're not even going to need a side-by-side. You, you could fit me all in just a, a you know, a high, you know, up-top freezer, an over-and-under refrigerator freezer. You can you stick me all in one thing, so it's not even an investment in space. I don't even rate killing, you know, like go out at 8 o'clock on a Saturday, kill me as a warm-up, and then go out and find something better. I don't even get that. I'm not even good enough for a warm-up. You know, a dry run, meet up with me, kill me, you know, stick me in the freezer, or make sure you know, your power tools are working, or not. Well, it's, again, as far as a victim, I don't think you're going to do much better than me. You know, I hate to toot my own horn here, but I think as far as, you're some scary broad serial killer. I think you'd I think be pretty high up on the food chain, as far as what you're looking for. A man pretty? Yeah, I got the I got those beautiful blue eyes. Huh? How about it? Look at this. Joe having me look up at you like this in terror. I got the. I got a good scream here. Watch. 
But then, you know, those beautiful blue eyes looking up at you and that muffled scream, that's, you're going to beat that? You're not going to top that. I'll tell you right now, you're, they're missing out. <coughs> my, my slender frame, which is going to be no fuss, no muss, as far as cleanup goes, you know, you're not going to have to use a whole lot of lye. If that's your thing, if you're just going to break down the, the tissue and pour me down the sink, you're not going to have to use a lot of lye. I got the I got the I got the nice sweet pipes for the muffled scream. Beautiful blue eyes, soft, nice milky soft skin. This is a devastating combo, I think. I, I you know I don't see you doing better than that around here, ladies. That's all I'm saying. But uh, you know, whatever. Go down to the go down to the Greyhound station. Try to find something better. You think you're so you think you're so great. <coughs> Pardon me. Cause I'll t- you know I'll tell you what I'm a famous illustrator, right? We're glossing over that. I don't. I don't need you. I can go. You know, I can go down to out to California. Have some nice hot uh, Latino serial killer cut me up, or you know, go over go overseas again. Get some night some nice high end crazy ass German serial killer, huh? Nice Aryan blonde serial killer with all sorts of weird contraptions to take me apart with. I don't need you. I don't, I don't need you in your you know, estate sale, rummage sale, meat grinder, and your, you know, your plaid shirt. I don't need to be looking up you and your scuzzy plaid shirt. I, can, I have some some hot, blonde, crazy-ass German, right from Germany, wearing some sort of genuine German Nazi stuff from her insane-ass Nazi grandpa cut me up. I don't need this. You know, whatever. Good luck to you. Whatever. Doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. I don't yeah, I don't have feelings. Whatever. <laughs> no, I deleted the profile today. So that's it. They had a week. Now it's too bad. Too bad. You had your chance. I gave you a week to get back to me. You're too good for me. Forget it. Go find someone else to kill. <laughs> Go find someone else to stick in your trunk. I bet you they're going to take up way more room than me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's all you get. You get whatever you remember I looked like, and you get this. So just, you're just going to have to visualize me and listen to that scream, and you get your granny panties wet on that, because it's too late. The Doug ship has sailed. Go find, you know, find some other victim who ain't nearly as pretty. I'm, honestly, I'm trying to figure out, really, because it does sting a little. I mean, it's still... You know, it's re- granted I had no interest in any of these women, but I, and yet I was still rejected by them somehow. How did I? Do, how did I do that? How did I manage to get rejected by women I find repellent? And <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's half the reason I closed the profile because I can't. You know, I kept looking at it, wondering, scratching my head. Well, what's the deal? Maybe they're all in prison now. I don't know. I'm just gonna tell myself that. <sighs> And uh, thanks, everybody, for the emails. You know, those of you who took the time to email and call me uh, codependent and, uh, <laughs> and other uh, backhanded insults and, uh, disguised as advice, you know, th- thanks. Appreciate it. But, uh, you know, just save it. Keep in mind, everybody, you're getting a half hour's worth of me. What this is is accumulation of a week's worth of whatever that I've let out in a 30-minute venting session. So don't, you know, 
go thinking everything on here is a cry for help. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I can always count on you, buddy. Save the uh, save the advice. You know, give the advice to someone who can, you know, that you know personally who can roll their eyes at you. Because I don't know how to make a rolling eye, the rolling eye uh, emoticon. <laughs> it's not as fulfilling. And don't, and and also don't don't be thinking out there that uh, if and when I do find somebody, you're all going to be along for the ride. Because that's not how it's not how I roll on here. I know it seems like. Uh, uh, very forthcoming and everything's up for grabs, and it is, except that I don't I don't bring innocent bystanders into this. I don't I don't talk about my family. I don't talk about actual relationships that are going on. I, it's not my thing. Uh, my life's an open book. Uh, the other people in my life have not signed up for that. So, no. Well, there's that, but then there's also like, you know, I don't know how the universe works. But you know, positive, negative energy, and all that. But I don't. It's probably not good if everyone who listens to this podcast is secretly rooting for my relationship to be a disaster, so that they can hear a funny story every week. You know, like <laughs> that's probably. I don't know. I, I, that's not really karma. Was it mass consciousness? Or I, I don't know what it is. But I'm just, you know, I, I kind of think that it's not a good idea if everybody's rooting for my life to be a train wreck emotionally so so you can all just get that right out of your heads uh, you're not coming along for the ride on whatever relationship I managed to call from these uh, whatever efforts <laughs> as ham-handed as they've been you got um, stories for me or anything what do we got we've got Bill Cosby I don't want to talk about that Man with a nine-pound penis. How is that possible? All right, well, what else? <laughs> I, I don't... I suspect that that's a, a made-up story. The Daily... I thought the Daily Mail was a credible source, but if they're telling us there's a man running around, he injected silicone into his penis until it became nine pounds. That's, that's made up. I don't care. I don't care where it's from. It's made up. You know what? Uh, you remember the nine-boobed woman, Joe? Do I got to remind everybody? This is. I guarantee the story. Well, give it to me then. I'll read it. What? Because what else you got? I don't. I get the Bill Cosby, I guess. But and what's this? I don't. Okay. I don't know, man. You're the one who doesn't want to print this stuff up. Just. Stand by, everybody. Joe's laptop with the the stories is frozen up. So everybody just, we'll just stand by. You got some elevator music to play? You know those women, like, they're really, I mean, they're missing out for a lot of reasons. Aside from me being man pretty and having a good scream. Like, if if they're looking, like, for a partner in crime, like, does somebody help them commit felonies and stuff? You know, I've committed a felony or two. And there's a liquor store right by my house. We go rob the liquor store, uh, be up at my apartment in time to watch the police show up. We could be watching the police while we're in the throes of some horrific carnal act. But whatever, they miss out. That that profile's gone. They had their chance. I gave them a week. F them. You got it yet or what? 
I don't know how much more stalling I can do. Technical difficulties again. Well, maybe we should just end the show then if you don't get your act together. I'm not... We're not restarting nothing. That's rule number one on this podcast. <laughs> we, we ain't stopping and starting nothing. Because otherwise, it, we'll be deleting everything I say. Because I, re, I regret 80% regret of what I say as soon as it comes out of my mouth on here. We, that's not something we want to start doing. All right. Uh, I'd like to thank Scream Machine for letting us use their song for our bumper music. They are all over SoundCloud. Scream Machine. They're real, not ending. I'm stalling. The next week there will be no podcast, no new podcast. We'll try and find something as the best of because I'll be in Cape Gir- Girardeau, Missouri for Cape Con, Cape Dash Con, Cape Comic Con. I will be there, moving units, brother. Prints, artwork, comic books, moving them. Come on and say hi. All right. Give me this now. Oh, this is from the AP. Reuters. All right, Reuters. An abandoned mother, a mother abandoned her quadriplegic son in a wooded area of, Philadelphia, of a Philadelphia park for nearly a week so she could visit her boyfriend in Maryland, police said. The 21-year-old disabled man was found by a passerby on Friday night lying on leaves and covered with blankets with his wheelchair and Bible nearby. What is this that you just gave to me? Police said the man who was abandoned in the woods is unable to talk and suffers from cerebral palsy. You thought this was funny? (laughs) What's the matter with you? You thought I would think this is funny. But my question stands. So some lady took her quadriplegic son and dumped him in the woods. Joe thinks that's funny, everybody. Well, I guess, you know, it's a breath of fresh air, I guess, from all the profiles I read that they said they have kids and their kids come first, I guess. Is this woman single? <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's one of the messages I didn't get. This woman was being detained by police and she couldn't message me. You know, she ran, she ran, she saw I was interested, quick ditched the kid in the woods in order to make her house nice and pretty. So, you know, so he wasn't underfoot. This isn't funny, man. I, I don't know what, what's funny about this. <laughs> There's a paraplegic kid in the woods. Fine, he was 21. It's I Fine, it's still not funny. All right, give me the penis story. Let's see. <laughs> and, and this... This guy's married, everybody, and I'm not. A German man revealed his penis now weighs over half a stone after he indulged in silicone injections. It's a unit of measurement, I assume, in England, I believe. So this is in England. Mark Stuntz told Vice he used his kitchen scales to weigh his grossly oversized manhood and claims it now fluctuates between 7.5 and 9.5 pounds. Micah 45 from Berlin said he had... His penis enlarged this way to make him feel better about himself. Unfortunately, his size means he can no longer engage in sex in an active sex life and sometimes suffers from embarrassing situations. 
this is a fake story, dude. A gallon of milk weighs between seven and eight pounds. Do you realize how big this penis would have to be? It would have to be almost twice as big because silicone is less dense than milk or water. That's well. That's why they use it for breast enlargements because it doesn't weigh that much. It's it's less dense. Get it? So it would have to be like the size. His penis would have to be the size of two shoeboxes. How is the skin going to stretch that far? I, <laughs> this is a fake story, man. Well, then, then the Daily Mail are a bunch of idiots. That look at a gallon of milk. His penis would have to be roughly that same size. And then what? You do what with it? And how, and how would the skin stretch that far? And, how, and you're telling me that the body wouldn't reject that amount of silicone? And how would it stay attached? By just... by just See, here's how a penis works, Joe. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've seen one. But see, a penis is only attached to the body by muscle tissue and skin. See? And the muscle tissue and skin is only designed to support its own weight. See? So this would be this would be akin to hanging a you know, four pounds of potatoes off your ear. It would just... And and furthermore, if he's just injecting the silicone, it doesn't have a shape. So it would just be like a giant... It would be like, you know, taking a sock and sticking a potato in the sock. It's just going to all be at the bottom. You know, or pouring a bunch of sand into a sock. It's not going to be a properly shaped penis by any stretch of the imagination. It's just going to be a big lump at the bottom of like a skin sock. (laughs) <laughs> this is a fake story. I, well, then they're idiots at the UK. What else is there? <sighs> Give me the Bill Cosby story. How much time do we have? I'll try to fit it in. Let's start with... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Seriously, let me take a drink of my coffee here. Hold on, everybody. Let's start with what I think about Bill Cosby and, and why I've put off dealing with this. Because uh, I don't know if you'd say he was my hero growing up, but I, I sure looked up to him. And when you were, uh, when you were my, when you're my age and you're a comedy writer, I mean, Bill Cosby's one of the guys you study because he was so damn good. He could do it all. Sound effects, voices, his writing and delivery and structure and timing was all textbook spot on, good as it gets. <clears throat> so I looked up to him quite a bit, studied everything he did, broke it all down, and uh, was very young even. So I don't, I don't want this to be true because I don't want the world to be this ugly. I don't, I don't want twelve-year-old <clears throat> me in his room listening to Bill Cosby records while. On the other side of the continent, Bill Cosby is raping somebody. I, I don't want that. I'm upset about the whole thing. I don't. I don't want this to be true. I don't even. I don't know. So that's why I've been putting it off because I really don't. You know, he, Bill Cosby was a big deal to me and probably to a lot of people, and this is very unsettling because it sure seems like he did it. Let's start with why it seems like he did it. There's 30 people who says he did it. And these aren't 30 people who are trying to make a buck. I mean, we had... 
the one lady was uh, a coach at Temple University. You know, she's got a reputation. She's got a solid job. She's got money. Most of these women, I, I looked it over, are very credible. They're not just out trying to make a name for themselves. So you can throw that out. These aren't a bunch of women just trying to make a name for themselves. Throw that right out the window. That's one. They seem credible. Two, and you hear this all the time, well, why didn't they come forward earlier? Why didn't they come forward earlier? Why didn't they come forward? Um, have you ever been raped? I, Joe, have you? I haven't. So I don't know why they wait so long, but this is typical. This fits the M.O. of somebody who is sexually assaulted. Oftentimes, it takes them years or even decades to come to grips with it. That's just how it is. So throw that out. They waited too long, they must be lying. Throw that out. Because we're talking about 1970s, 1980s. Uh, You're going to come forward and and do battle with Bill Cosby's lawyers? He's a millionaire? Everybody's favorite dad? You're going to come forward and put your word against his? No. So, aside from the trauma of it and having to go through all that, where's the upside? You get your name dragged through the mud, Bill Cosby's lawyers just bury you until you never see the light of day, plus all the trauma of having to relive it in court. Uh, so, throw that out. You know, this BS that you should have came forward earlier. Just throw that out. Because it's 2015 now, and the compl- climate is completely different than it was in the 70s and 80s. As far as... Uh, how we view people who come forward saying they've been raped or sexually assaulted. You know, and for that matter, everybody knows what a date tra- rape drug is now. I mean, that was like, uh, yeah, I guess you could, apparently you could, that existed in the 70s, but it was like, you know, average Joe, that sounds like some sort of science fiction story that you you cooked up because you didn't want to admit you slept with the guy or something. You know, I don't, completely different attitude is my point back then. So there's a whole host of reasons of why they waited this long. And why did they come out one after the next is just now? Because that's how it works. Not, not with just with being sexually assaulted. With anything where it takes a considerable amount of courage to step forward. Oftentimes uh, it takes one person to come forward first and then the other it bolsters everyone else's courage. Or there's maybe... A, you know, a degree of, all right, I can't let this person deal with this alone. It happened to me too. I'm coming forward. This, is, I don't know if you want to call it kinship, or, or I mean, that's probably not the right word for it. But you know, they're telling the truth because it happened to you, and you don't want them hanging out to dry. And then there's the, you know, then there's a snowball effect. One person shows comes forward with courage, and another one does, and then everybody starts coming forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the reasons that are out there why these women could be lying, to me, don't add up. It makes much more sense that they're all telling the truth. And as far as it goes with how we see other people who have been sexually assaulted come forward, this all follows suit, man. <clears throat> so it all seems all seems pretty credible. It, it all seems like he did it, man. Here's the only thing, the only shred that doesn't add up to me to make this a slam dunk is that the person they're describing you know they're describing Bill Cosby okay and he's doing 
these horrific things. Right. This person they're describing is a psychopath. Now, you hear that word bantied around a lot. Basically, the, the meat and potatoes of being a psychopath is you lack something inside you. You lack the ability to feel empathy for your fellow man. Your fellow man is not a, a person to you. It's just a, a thing. You cannot get your head around that, the, that it's another individual that has feelings and thoughts and whatever. And this extends out into your personal life. You don't have the ability to make a solid connection with your fellow man because you... You, there's something lacking in you to understand that they are individuals separate from you, that they have feelings. You can't feel empathy for your fellow man. And that allows you to murder people and then go whistle on down the road to your job. You know, like Jeffrey Dahmer, for example. An extreme case, but there's an example. He can go and drill a hole in someone's head and cook their arm for dinner and then whistle on the road, down the road to his factory making uh, candies for people because he's got a, such a huge disconnect that he doesn't have guilt. He doesn't feel remorse. He doesn't feel anything when he does this because he lacks the ability to understand that these are individuals that have hopes and dreams and, and what have you. Am I, am I making that clear, Joe? Yes? Good. <clears throat> so, the person they're describing is a psychopath who lacks this ability. And that would be still add up if he was just a musician or an actor or something like this. Or maybe a comedian who does a bunch of one-liners. But Bill Cosby was a storyteller. All right? Now, in order to be a good storyteller, you have to, you have, to have an ability to connect with your fellow man in, in spades, in, in uh, abundance. You have to have it more so than your fellow man because you have to understand what makes a connection with people, what they're going to start get, what's going to start piquing their interest, how their minds are going to work as they're following the story. See, so this element that should be lacking in, in him, if he's a psychopath that did all these things, he is not only lacking in, he has it in such abundance that he, he became one of America's greatest storytellers. Had the ability to connect with entire audiences and so, to such a degree as to have a career that lasted three, four, five decades. Again, he wasn't Don Rickles just going out there insulting people or Stephen Wright just saying a bunch of weird liners. He was saying stories about his childhood, you know, as a, as a black kid in Philly in the 50s and 60s, that anybody could feel a connection to. Whether they're you know, a white kid living in Milwaukee or a black kid growing up in 2009 in California or you know, anybody. Because he, he knew and could understood people and felt the connection with them and, and understood they were individuals and therefore understood how to connect with them. So that it doesn't add up in that regard. <clears throat> that he could, you know, do these things and have such a lack of empathy, but then exceed at a job that requires an abundance of empathy. So to, to me, that's the only thing that doesn't add up, and uh, admittedly, that's pretty thin. And, and no, probably there's some psychiatrist out there who could tell you that, you know, there's certain degrees of it, you know, and I'm really just scratching the surface on how it all works, and there's some sort of, you know, cases where it's, something or I, I don't know so it's thin but to me that's that's the only thing that doesn't add up is the person they're describing is not the person we're seeing and i'm not talking about the person we're seeing cliff huxtable i'm talking the person we're seeing who has such a great ability to tell the story and connect with people 
and to have and to have a wife and a kid and a family, and and you know to rape somebody and then just whistle on down the road and tell a story to a crowd of people, and you know pretend he's Cliff Huxtable and then go home to his wife and and not have any of it show in any of the rest of his life in his connection with his fellow man. Now, yeah, you can go and, you know, drill a hole in someone's head and then go to work and go bowling or whatever. That doesn't really require that much of a connection with your fellow man on an emotional, meaningful level. I I know I'm beating a dead horse because I really don't want this to be true. So it, I, it sure seems like you did it. And that's uh, pretty damn unsettling. So anyhow, what's this story? Is this old or is this new? It's newer. Two more women came forward. Bill Cosby accused of rape again as two women come forward to say the actor gave them pills and had sex with them as they were teenagers, including a family friend. Mm. Skimming this article, I just saw something even more well, let's just go through it. I'll get to that. Uh, Shapiro claims that she met Cosby in 1975. This is Maggie Shapiro, who came forward recently. When she worked at a donut shop in Santa Monica that the actor would frequent, and that he invited her to visit him on the set of the film he was working on at the time. From there, he invited her to dinner, but it was canceled, so he took her to the Playboy Mansion. Once there, he says the two entered a game house and began playing pinball. <laughs> you can t- well, it's just funny because it's 1975, so that's what you use to impress them. But hey, look, I got my own pinball machine. <laughs> ah, the 70s, a simpler time. And then, you know, I guess the pinball machine, that didn't get the panties to drop. Like, the usual stuff ain't working, or I showed the pinball machine still nothing, so thank God I had those roofies. She said that she was not drinking at the time, but Cosby said whoever lost the game would have to take a pill, which she admits she agreed to. After losing and taking the pill, she claims she woke up to find that she was naked and Cosby was inside her. She said she passed back out and came to once more, and that Cosby was touching her sexually. In the end, he told her she was not dressed well enough to meet Hugh Hefner, and he sent her home with a driver. (laughs) Here's the problem now. Uh, the pattern that I'm seeing that's becoming unsettling is <clears throat> most of these women woke up or claim they woke up at some point during the assault. Meaning he didn't give them the right amount of whatever he was dropping in their drinks. Because, of course, he's not a pharmacist. <laughs> he's dealing with a uh, narcotic. He's dealing with a drug. Drugs, of course, affect different people differently. At You know, based on metabolism, body chemistry, what have you. That's why you're not supposed to, you know, dispense narcotics unless you're a pharmacist because it's dangerous. So, we've got 30 women who have come forward which we can assume there's more than that, yes, maybe 60, maybe 100, yes. Women that he's given dangerous drugs to, yes, and he's not a pharmacist or trained in any way, shape, or form on the potency of these drugs. Some of them, it it appears, many of them, 
he gave not enough to. Which leads my mind down the path of, can we now start to wonder if Bill Cosby has murdered anyone? Because we can glean from these stories, assuming these stories are true, that he doesn't really have it down pat how much to give people. The ones here who are alive, he did not give enough to. I don't think it's much of a stretch to wonder if there's one or two or several that he gave too much to and uh, didn't wake up for some reason or another because mixed it with too much alcohol or perhaps they were allergic to or who knows what you start giving drugs to people as my dead neighbor can attest sometimes it goes badly so uh, I think I think we need to start to wonder here if Bill Cosby has murdered anyone and I think anybody who went missing Uh, if their, you know, loved ones are out there, maybe you want to start sniffing around the cause. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) My hero, not only now a rapist, uh, odds are, perhaps, that he's also a murderer. Well, yeah, Joe's uh, nodding his head in unsettled agreement, yes. 30 women that he's given drugs to, the, you know, some of them the wrong amount. He, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Plus, this is 1975. Even more so doesn't know what the hell he's doing because you can't just go on the Internet and Google roofie and figure, out, and figure out what's an appropriate amount for someone of a certain height and weight, right? And what it, what is and is not dangerous to mix it with. And these are just the women who, you know, admitted to taking drinks, you know, 1975, 1980, 1990, how many of them, you know, that didn't come forward, or how many of these stories excluded doing, you know, cocaine or whatever, some other kind of drug, hey, come over and let's do drinks, it's Hollywood in the 70s, that's all they were doing, coming over and having a few drinks, I doubt that, I doubt that, Uh, but I think it's safe to assume, you know, perhaps some drugs were involved recreational. So once you start throwing alcohol and recreational drugs into the mix and then throwing that that to into that little biological chemistry set, this roofie or whatever he is throwing in there. Uh, if the, if this is all true, I think we start assuming that he probably killed somebody. Cuz this is a hell of a lot of people to be given drugs to that you don't know anything about and you're not, you know, educated in any way, shape, or form. <sighs> well, you know, all, all the more all the more reason that it's good that none of those women messaged me, I guess. I guess <laughs> in the end. I don't know. Well, are we done? Good. We're done. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs> hey, what, hey, whatever. It's three weeks in a row. They ain't all, all going to be, you know, happy. But uh, insightful, nonetheless. Thanks for listening. Until next time.